Well, I, I'm so excited to preach the word. I want you to open your Bibles in Joshua chapter 5, chapter 5, Joshua, verse 13. And uh, as you look for that in your Bibles, I hope you brought your Bibles. Um, if not, you can look up on the up on the screen. But let's just pray. Heavenly Father, as we open the Word of God, we know this is the Word of God. This is not the Reader's Digest. This is not some book that someone came up with. This is your word. And I ask you, Father, and I thank you for allowing me to speak your word with power, with authority in the name of Jesus. And I thank you that your word will not turn void to you, but it shall accomplish the purpose for which you have ordained it. And I thank you, Lord, for touching the people in this auditorium, those in parents' room, those that are out in the room eight, and, and those that are going to watch this through uh, YouTube. Father, I thank you for touching them and blessing them just the same in Jesus' name. And all of God's people say, Amen, Amen, Amen. amen. I want to talk, I, uh, the, my first message for you this year was entitled, Possess, Plunder, and Prosper. And I didn't come up with those words myself. Those are the words that the Lord spoke to Joshua. And we read about Joshua. And God said to Joshua that he was, he was coming into a land of promise. And that he was to possess the promise. It wasn't just to contemplate. It was to possess the promise. He was to dispossess or plunder the enemy. And he, he was going to prosper. God said to him, if you, if you hear my word and you obey my word, you know what? You will prosper in everything that you do. And I really believe that the same way uh, Joshua was standing before a brand new decade. Because the previous four decades had been years of, of desert wandering and years of hardship. And God was opening a brand new decade before Joshua. And God was saying to Joshua, you know, there's a brand new decade ahead of you. And you know, the, the following seven to ten years of the life of Joshua... We're just conquering, possessing land. Yeah, there were battles. Oh, yes, there were fightings. Yes, there were, there were challenges. But you know what? At the end of those 10 years, you know, the whole of the land that God had promised was possessed by the people of God. And I really felt prophetically the Lord speaking to me, and I'll release that to you, that you know what? We are entering, we are now in a new decade. And, and I believe this is going to be a decade of conquest. Yeah, there's going to be some fight. Yeah, there's going to be some opposition. Yeah, the enemy is not going to let go without a fight. But you know what? You fight the good fight of faith. Amen. And what is rightfully yours will come to you in Jesus' name. So I really felt the Lord say, you know what? Don't have a passive faith, but have a conquering faith. Get out there and say, devil, I'm not taking this from you. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You're not going to afflict me with this thing. I'm not going to put up with this anymore. This is my 10 years of breakthrough, of victory. And if the Bible says this is mine, it is mine in Jesus' name. Amen. How many believe it, believe, people believe that? Amen. Give Jesus a big hand if you believe that. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to come now to Joshua chapter 5. And, um, and verse 1, we're going to continue that topic. John, uh, sorry, Joshua chapter 5, I was in John. It was good as well, but Joshua, it's good for today. Joshua chapter 5, amen, verse 13 says, And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, Jericho, first stage in, the, uh, in all the land that was, they were going to 
conquer. And as Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked. Everyone say the word see. It's a very important word for this message today. What do you see? He looked and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, everyone say, said. Uh, so see, uh, say the word say. No, but as a commander of the army of the Lord, I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped him and said, What does my Lord say? Everyone say, say to my to his servant. Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand, everyone say stand, is holy, and Joshua did so. Now remember these three words are very important for our message today. What do you see? Uh, what is God saying? And where do you stand when you face your Jerichos? Now, uh, in this text, you know, Joshua is, is aged about 59 and about to run into his first battle. And from where he stands, it's is the walls of Jericho standing before him. It is these huge impenetrable walls. It is this, you know, uh, huge challenge that is standing before him. And um, however, you know, Joshua was born for such a time as this. I tell you what, the stuff that comes against you, and and I tell you what, you were born to defeat those enemies. Amen. You were born to extract a testimony out of that thing that has come against you. So don't ever give up. Don't ever throw in the towel. Because you know what? Just like Joshua, God had anointed him to defeat that thing. And I tell you what, you're anointed, you're empowered. God's word says that you are empowered to overcome everything. In fact, the Bible says that you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Amen. So here's Joshua standing before this, uh, this imposing challenge. And, and the Bible speaks much about Joshua. It says that Joshua was a man born to lead. It was, it was prepared by God to possess the land for his people, to plunder the enemies, and to prosper. And the Bible says that he was a man of a different spirit. Because he had a, he had, he had a conquering spirit in his heart. And he had the spirit of faith. When everybody else was throwing in the towel and saying, well, let's die in the wilderness because the people that are in the land, you know, they're so big, we're like little grasshoppers. But you know what? Joshua didn't have a grasshopper mentality. Joshua had a faith mentality. Joshua had a conquering mentality. Joshua didn't have a passive mentality. Joshua is like, well, you know what? We're well able to take them out in Jesus' name. Amen. So I tell you what. Joshua is the kind of man that the Bible says that when he saw that, that he needed a bit more time to defeat some more enemies, he told the sun to stand still. Oh, I don't know about you, but I like to be around people of faith. Amen. I like to be around people who believe that kind of stuff. I like to be around people who are not ordinary and mediocre, but believe crazy stuff like the sun can stand still. I, I, I'm not there yet, but I, I want to grow in that faith. I want to grow deeper into that faith, amen, where I believe crazy stuff that nobody else believes. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, 
<coughs> I'm sorry, I'm really excited. <laughs> um, but, um, but from our text today, I, I want to extract three questions to consider when you stand before your Jerichos. When those seemingly unsurpassable obstacles, those imposing ramparts, challenge the very promises of God. You know what? I want you to think about three things that you are to carry into those battles. Three questions. Number one, what do you see? Secondly, what does God say about this? And thirdly, where do you stand? So number one, what do you see? In verse 13 it says, And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, well, he could see Jericho. He could see the impressive ramparts of Jericho. I mean, he could see these walls that were difficult and tough. And, and you know, historians, in, in fact, archaeologists say that the, the walls were built on an elevation of about 220 meters. And the walls were about 21 meters tall. And they would have not been less than 8 meters in width. And you know, how many of you understand that's like a recipe for impossible? You can't lay siege to that and expect to overcome. But you know what? He's got that in front of him. But the Bible says, look at what it, it says. And behold, a man stood opposite him. It's like God is now standing before Joshua. And God is so big that he's, that Joshua suddenly, he can't see. He can't see the problem behind him. All he can see is the greatness of the God that is standing before him. And he's a God, he's a mighty warrior. He's a God that is ready for battle. He's got his, he's got his, his, uh, his, uh, uh, his, his, his sword out. Amen. And, and, you know, what do you see? You know, when things come against you, you, you can, you can always focus your attention and see the problem and see how big it is and how impossible it is. Or you can choose to see how God, how big our God is. Amen. How big our God is. So what do you see? What do you see? Do you see the problems, the impenetrable walls, the impressive 21 meter high uh, walls? Or, or do you see, do you see the Lord? Do you see the Lord? It says, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword in his hand. And we know this wasn't just an angel. Because what happens was that he worshipped them. And in every passage where angels are worshipped, they go like, no, 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 worship God, worship God, not me. But in this case, it wasn't just an angel. It was God. It was Jesus appearing before him and receiving that worship. And I want you to know something. I don't know what kind of God you know, but I know that my God is a warrior. Amen. Our God is a warrior. So what do you see? What do you see? The sight of those walls would have been intimidating. But God wanted Joshua to see him and not the walls. You know, Hebrews 12, 1 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus. Psalm 16, verse 8 says this. It says, I have set the Lord always before me. 
You know, I mean, the enemy will, will put stuff before you just to intimidate you, just to tell you that, no, this is impossible. But you know what? Psalm 18, 16 verse 8 says, I always set the Lord before me. In other words, I've always kept my eyes on the Lord because He is at my right hand and I shall not be moved. Amen. Come on, give Jesus a big hand. Get excited about the Word of God today. I mean, what do you see? Set the Lord before you. You know, what do you see? In Mark chapter 8, you know, there's Jesus uh, ministering to a man who was blind. And, and, and the Bible says that Jesus asked him this question, what do you see? And the blind man who had just been prayed for Jesus is, is like, well, I see man like trees walking. And the Bible says that Jesus laid his hands on him again. I want you to know that Jesus worked on that man's vision. I want you to know that God wants to work on your vision. What do you see? Amen. What do you see? You know, that's what God is doing with Joshua. God is working on his vision. God is giving him a vision that he needs to carry into the battle. Because, you know, there's a big wall, there's a real wall, there's a real city, there are real enemies inside, there's a real army. No one denies that. You know, we don't deny that there are tough circumstances and that sickness. We don't deny all of that. But it's just, what do you see? What do you focus upon? Because you empower what you focus upon. And God wanteth. Joshua to focus upon him and his power. Amen. What, what a great vision. God with his sword drawn out, ready to go to battle. Isaiah chapter 42 verse 13. This is what it says. It says, the Lord shall go forth. Can we all read together? Come on, help me preach here today. I'll preach so much better if you help me today. Come on. Uh, unless you came for a mediocre message. Uh, unless you came for a boring preacher, if, if that's it, then go down the road somewhere else. Because here, you're going to get the Word of God. You're going to get an excited preacher. Amen. You're going to get vitamin F into your veins. Amen. Faith into your heart. Come on. Hallelujah. I will not allow you to leave this place discouraged. Not on my watch. In the name of Jesus. I'll lay hands on you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, here we go. Okay, let's all read together. Are you ready? One, two, three. The Lord shall go forth like a mighty man. He shall stir up his zeal like a man of war. He shall cry out. Yes, shout aloud. He shall prevail against his enemies. Hallelujah. Now, you know why I shout so much. Because I'm just like God. Amen. <laughs> In that sense only. <laughs> Amen. But it says there that God shouts. And you know, you know, you know how those walls came down. What did God say to them? Now you go around the walls and then at the right time, everybody's going to shout and the walls will come down. But, but now we know why the walls came down. It was not the shout of the people. It was because God is a mighty man of war. And he shouted. Amen. When they shouted, it was the decibels of God coming out of his mouth that caused the walls to come down. Oh, he's a God who's not a passive God. He's a God with a drawn sword. He's a God with a shout in his mouth. Amen. And your walls come down because of the shout of God. Come on, shout to the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Shout to the Lord. Shout to the Lord. Amen. 
I don't know where I am in my notes, but I'm somewhere there, and, and I'll, I'll say, I'll, what, what else do I need to say? Okay. I'm excited about this message today. Now, it says, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man. What do you see? What do you see? He lifted his eyes. How high is your vision? What do you see? I mean, so many of us, we, we kind of focus and, and we center and, and we just have this sort of myotic kind of uh, vision of, of our problems. And you know what? It's time we see. Like Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1. It says, in the king of that Isaiah, in the king that Isaiah died in the day, in the year that the king Isaiah died, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. You know, what do you see? At a time when Israel needed a strong king, at a time when Israel was facing uncertainty about the future, the prophet of God saw God high and lifted up. What do you see? What do you see? You know, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. It says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I, I see a branch like an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. You know, what do you see? You know, we need to carry the vision of a God faithful to his promises, a, re a God ready to perform His Word. If you see that, you see well. If you see God high and lifted up, you see well. If you see God with a drawn sword and a shout in His mouth, you see well. But if you just see your problem and your problem is your focus, then you're not seeing well. And God wants to work on your vision today. God wants you to see, you know, the one that fights the battles for you. The one that shouts on your behalf. You know, the one that stirs up his zeal against his enemies. You know, when the devil comes against you, do you know that God is zealous for you? Do you think that God is indifferent about the problems and the things that you face? I tell you what, God, that stirs up the zeal of God. When someone is diagnosed with cancer, do you think that God is kind of indifferent? God goes like, well, you know, it's just tough. I guess it's, it's cancer. It's all over. I mean... No, no, I mean, that stirs up the zeal of God against that enemy. Amen. You know, when, when you receive a bill that's unexpected and that thing's going to consume all your savings, do you think that God's going to go like, oh, well, I mean, you made some bad decisions, all tough ones. No, listen, God is zealous about you. God is a warrior with his hand drawn, with his sword drawn out on your behalf. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. What do you see? That's the vision that you need to carry into the battle. A God who's got his, you know, his, his, his sword drawn on your behalf. Secondly, what does God say? Look at verse 14 again. So he said, this is now God saying, Now, no, but as a commander, because Joshua asked him, are, are you for us or are you against us? And he said, no, as a commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped him and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? So when you face the Jerichos of life, the second question you need to ask yourself is, What does God say about this? What does God say about this? 
You know, because God will have something to say and God has got a lot to say regarding your situation. You, you're facing sickness. What does God say about sickness? Well, by His stripes you are healed. You're facing, you know, you know, maybe a job loss and, or dead or what, well, well, God has got something to say. He said that He's gonna open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there'll be room no big enough, not big enough to contain it. I mean, what does God say about your marriage? What does God say about your children? Well, they shall be taught of the Lord. Well, this, God has something to say about your situation. So what does God say? Amen. And you know, sometimes what God says is may not make a lot of sense to you. In this situation, there's a war to be fought. What did God say? God said, well, get out there and go around that thing a number of times and play the truth, you know, the trumpets and all that kind of stuff. And when I say shout, you shout. I mean, who had ever fought a battle like that? I mean, hello? I mean, where did you read, where did you read about that? You know, this is how you fight battles. You go out there and you, no, it's not in the manuals of war. You know, I don't think, I believe that all the generals of the time, they all thought, well, this is kind of a crazy word, but how many of you believe that the word of God always works? And what God says always works. It may not make sense to the natural mind, but if God said it, you can take it to the bank because God is faithful to His Word. Amen. God is faithful to His Word. Like God said to Jeremiah, you see well because I am ready to perform my Word. And God is looking for a company of people that are dared to believe His Word. That are led Word, that are Word-led and Word-believing people. Anyone can believe whatever out there, but, you know, it takes a special people and God is looking for those people that say, well, God said it and I believe it. So, you know, they, they came, they came to, uh, you know, Joshua said, what, what, tell me, what does my Lord say to his servant? And look at what God says. God says right here in verse 13, he says, are, he said, are you for us or our adversaries? And he said, no. You know, the first thing that you need to know is that God is not your adversary and that God is for you. Amen. I mean, I think sometimes people think that God is against them. But I want you to know that God is for you and he's against your adversaries. He's for you. Say, God is for me. And he's for, if he's for me, who can be against me? God is for you. And then the other thing that he said was this. He said, I am, but no, but as a commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. What did God say about this? God said that he was in charge of that situation. You know, I think of, as a leader, I think of Joshua. Joshua was a leader. And, and what, sometimes one of the toughest things for leaders is that leaders have to take charge. Leaders have to be in control. Leaders have to come up with strategies. Leaders have to kind of be out there in the front of the battle and, 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 and just... But, but you know what God is saying to him? He said, he said, okay, I know that before all the people you are the commander, but let me tell you who's really in charge. I am in charge. I am in control. I am the commander of the Lord of the armies. Amen. And when you know that God is in control, Oh, all the pressure gets off of you. Amen. All that pressure to perform and to do. And uh, it just li lifts because you know that you have a God who's going to fight your battles for you. He may not be in control, but he is in control. He is in charge of the situation. And who can withstand a God like that? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So he is for us and he is in charge. Joshua didn't have to be in charge. 
George said he never to make it happen in his own ability. God was going to make it happen. God said that he was in control. So everyone say with me, Jesus Christ is Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord of our lives. He is Lord of our families. Is Lord, I mean, you know, sometimes I get a take, and I'm, no, no, Jesus, you are Lord over this, this symptom in Jesus' name. I, I say, Jesus, you are Lord over my wallet in Jesus' name. Hey Amen. How many times, you know, in the ministry I've had to go like, oh, Jesus, okay. And I say, be filled in Jesus' name, and open the wallet, there's nothing there yet. Okay. Be, <laughs> but put Jesus in charge of the, of our finances. He is in, in charge. Hallelujah. You know, Joshua thought that he was a commander, but God revealed himself as a commander. God is saying, you know what? I've got this. Don't worry. I've got this. I can make it happen. I can do a much better job than you at, at, uh, at uh, leading the people of God. Amen. You know what? Um, we often want to be in control. And most of the time, the reality is that we are no match to life circumstances. In fact, there is not a lot that is in our control. Our very breath is not ours to control. I mean, I was just talking with Damien just before the service, and someone that he knows, he said just out of the blue, just stop. He's, that's it. It just, just collapsed and just died, isn't it? I, my, my wife attended a funeral yesterday. Someone in our family back, back home, one of our relatives. He just, the doctor said, not just the heart stopped, everything stopped, just the organs, that's it. You know what? We're not in control. The next breath is God's gift to us. Tomorrow is God's gift to us. This decade is God's gift to us to conquer. But we're not in control. And we've started this, this decade, you know, probably not in the best of ways. Isn't it? I mean, just look at, just look at what has happened. You know, fires out of control. Together with drought and, and then floods and then, and then now there's a global a pandemic almost, I mean, it hasn't been declared yet, and we pray that it will not in Jesus' name, amen. But, but there's, there's the coronavirus that's going on at the moment, and, uh, as you know what, all those things just expose the, the fact that we are not in control. You know, our latest enemy is microscopic, it is so small, and yet we are not in control of something that is so small. You know, much anxiety comes by trying to be in control. Sometimes as parents, we want to be in control. Sometimes, I mean, in so many ways, we want to be in control. You know, how about we acknowledge and we release and we declare that Jesus is in control of our lives. Jesus is in control of our tomorrow. Jesus is in control of our decades, of our future. Amen. He is in charge. He is the commander. Amen. He is the commander. He is the commander. Now, in life's battles, we need to surrender to Him. Let us allow Him to be in charge. Let us allow Him to fight the battles for us. So what does God, what does God say? What does God say? He's saying that He's for us. He's saying that He is Lord. He's saying that He wants to be in charge. And if you allow Him to be in charge, He will be in charge and He will fight those battles for you. Let us carry what He says. His word into our battles. So number one, what do you see? You see the problem or you see 
the victory. You see the walls or you see Jesus. Secondly, what does God say? What are you carrying into your battle? Carry what God said. He is faithful to perform His word. And number three, where do you stand? Joshua 1.15, then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandals off your foot for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. So what do you see? What's your vision? What's your focus? What has God said? What's the word? What's the promise? What is, what is the instruction of God for that situation? Number three, where do you stand? You see, before stepping into the battle, Joshua had to stand in the presence of God. Our eagerness to succeed can never be at the exclusion of an encounter with God. At the exclusion of intimacy. More than anything, God wants you. Amen. God wants you. God wants your, God wants you to come from where you are and stand on holy ground. Amen. You know, in fact, it is in the place of the encounter that we receive the power to succeed. The rhema word for the situation. The vision that God, of what God has for us. Joshua was ready to move forward. He was eager to succeed. He's like, well, God said, we're going to take this thing. We're going to do it. And he, and he probably, he, he was driven to achieve. He, he had his armor on. He, he had his shoes on. And, and, and now he sees this thing and, and he hears his words. Shoes off. Shoes off. <laughs> shoes off? What kind of instruction is that? Holy ground first. Your relationship with God first. I love this song that we've been singing about lingering in the presence of God. You know why? Because we need to learn how to stand. Not just in the victory and in the promise. But before we get to the promise, we need to learn to stand in the presence. And linger in the presence. Before we start running here and there and everywhere and try to achieve things by our own ability. You know what? God wants our feet to be first in holy ground. And you know what the Lord spoke to me and I'll release that. The Lord spoke to me and said prophetically and I'll read it. He said, you know, there are, there are people here. Your natural shoes cannot take you where you need to go. Your natural shoes cannot take you where you need to go. Your natural ability can always make you stand where God has ordained for you to go. Our feet need to be, uh, our feet need holy ground, our mind needs holy strategies, and we need holy focus. There are people standing here, God has got places for you to go and things for you to do, and you cannot go get there with natural shoes. God is saying, take your shoes off, come to holy ground, and then I will empower you, and then you will be able to stand where I've ordained you for, to, for you to stand, and to succeed where I've ordained you for you to succeed. Amen. But so many times we try to make it in our own ability. Let me tell you something. The things that God has for us cannot be achieved in our own ability. I doubt pretty much if your vision is something you can achieve in your own, whether it's a vision from God. Because most of the things that God asks us to do are impossible from a natural standpoint. You know, the very commission, great commission that God has given us. He said, you shall go lay, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Oh, you will see all the... All those things are impossible from a natural standpoint. Taking Jericho was impossible from a natural standpoint. But you know what? The feet of, of Joshua had been 
in holy ground. And when you've been in that place, then you are equipped, then you are empowered to be in the place where God is going to take you. Amen? Come on, give Jesus a big hand. Stay awake. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, where do you stand? Be sure to stand in the presence of God. You know, the Lord spoke to me and said, you know, my presence is the epicenter of every victory. So many times we try to make it happen in our own ability, in our own power. But the presence of God is the epicenter of every victory. And I tell you what, I believe church, we need to go deeper in this area. I believe that this song that we've been singing about, you know, lingering in the presence of God. I think we, go, we need to go deeper in the revelation of that, what that really means. So many of us are driven to succeed. We're driven by our goals and we want to go. We want to, and God is saying, you know what? It's all good. And, and a lot of those dreams I've given you and I want you to stand in that place, but you're not ready before you first stand in holy ground. And God is also saying, value holy things. Value my presence. You know, this is not just about, you know, faith is not just about putting a whole lot of principles together so that we can receive results. You know, faith is basically a trusting relationship with God. And without relationship, you know, principles are not going to get you there. So I've, I sometimes get people that say, well, pastor, I've, I've confessed the word. I've declared. I've stood on the word. I've said all those things. But you know what? God, the principles would not work without relationship. Amen. It will not work without relationship. More than anything, stand in holy ground. Be known in the courts of God. Amen. Do angels see you? Are you known by the angels of God in the presence of God? Hallelujah. Has God found you in his presence? Are your feet running or are they standing in holy ground and worshiping our God? Amen. So, you know, here's three questions you need to take into the, into the Jerichos of life. Number one, what do I see? Can, can you say out loud with me? What do I see? Secondly, what does God say? Amen. And thirdly, where do I stand? Some of us, we need to be found and stand in holy ground. Oh, I tell you what, there were great conquests ahead for, for Moses. But God said, God appeared to him in the burning bush of fire and said, No, this place is holy ground. Stand here first. Joshua, stand in holy ground. It, it, even in the book of Acts, we found one verse that is quoting this same experience. Why? Because holy ground is so, so important. I love an old song that I promised the musicians I wouldn't sing, but... But anyway, how many of you know, how many of you remember the, the old song we used to sing, We Are Standing in Holy Ground. Amen. Oh, that's such a wonderful song. And, and, and I, I promised poor Ryan I wouldn't do that to him. Brian, I'll buy you lunch. Because uh, Brian wasn't even born when we used to sing that song. But, but you, you're all going to help. There's a big choir of people here that are going to sing together. Amen. And we're going to sing, We Are Standing in Holy Ground. Let's all stand together. 